The following podcast may contain spoilers, profanity, and views or opinions that may not be representative of the author's intent of the articles discussed. We don't always take ourselves or the subject matter seriously either. Listener discretion is advised. The following is a Galactic Network podcast. For more, go to GNCast.com. That's G-N-C-A-S-T-S dot com. The Force is strong with us, and we hope it is strong with you. Welcome to another edition of the New Jedi Archives with Zach Hagenbusher and Ben Schultz. Hello, Zach. And hello, Ben. How are you today? I'm doing pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. Pretty you good. sound like you're very pretty. Pretty good. Well, you ever watch Curb Your Enthusiasm? Uh, no. No? That's uh, Larry David from Curb Your Enthusiasm. For all us Curb sense. fans out there. It's, it's on my list of things I need to watch, but I've not gotten that far yet. For sure. It's like Seinfeld on steroids. That's how I would describe it, because it's the guy who wrote Seinfeld and created it, so... Not surprising. Anyway, speaking of things that are derivative, (laughs) uh, Ben, we were true to our word, and we finally got together and we watched Solo for your your second time, my third or fourth time, probably, yeah, fourth time, all the way through. Is that a Star Wars story? A Star Wars story, yes it is. Yeah, Solo, a Star Wars story, and we... uh, we watched it on Blu-ray, uh, finally got the home release, and so we are revisiting Solo today. The home release that everybody was eagerly awaiting? Absolutely. So many people went and watched that movie in the theater, and they were just couldn't wait to get it home. Okay. <laughs> I'm not I got try- no reply to that. I'm not trying to make fun of the movie. All right, for everybody who loves that movie, trust us, stick around. We have things that we like about the movie. But it may not be as positive as you might think. Uh, I actually like it. This is actually a first for us. Believe it or not, this is a milestone. Because upon our second watching, I actually like the movie more. And Zach likes it less. That's true. For and maybe that the first time. doesn't happen often. Usually it's the other way around. Usually it is. And we'll get into that. But first, I want to thank everybody who's listening to us, wherever you're listening to us, gncasts.com, spreaker.com, our original home, Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, however you choose to consume this podcast, we thank you. Uh, and we want to see more of you. Speaking of that, we want to hear more from you. We are still running our contest for the Boba Fett canvas painting. You can see uh, a picture of it at GNCast.com. It was the image that we used as the cover image for our episode from uh, LinkCon 2018, our first episode from LinkCon. Uh, and the only thing you need to do to enter is email us or comment on Facebook uh, with a question or a death threat. Or a death threat or a comment uh, about the podcast. And uh, we will get that question on the podcast at a at a future date. And then you get entered into the contest for the drawing. And if you're selected, we'll send you an email to get address information. It's that simple. And uh, by a future date, you mean a date coming up in the not-too-distant future. Oh, yes. That is what I mean because we are mere days away, a little over a week away at the airing of this episode from... Our next convention, which is New Game of Palooza 2018 in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. Beautiful Osh Vegas. Osh Vegas, baby. Sloshkosh. 
Is that what they call it? Yeah. I, I've never Among heard that the many one. things. I've never people. heard that one. So that's new for me. Yeah. It's pub crawl weekend as we record. Oh, it is. Slash crawl, oh, slash damn. We should have been doing it from there. I would have loved to <laughs> live, grab a, live from pub crawl. <laughs> I would have loved to grab a drink before I talk about this movie. <laughs> uh, we will be at that convention for the second year in a row. Uh, we loved it. And so we're going back. Uh, hopefully we'll get to see some more of our good friends there and we'll get to talk with some more people about Star Wars and we want you to be one of those people. So please stop by. Uh, we'll be at convention table seven or vendor table seven. That's the one that I picked. We'll be at the table with the microphones, the Star Wars stuff. Yep. There's going to be Star Wars movies playing probably solo. If you really want to watch it again, we don't. I, I do. I do not. I think I'm, I think I'm, I've got my fill of solo for a while, but I, all right, let's just get into it, I guess. Um, solo, a Star Wars story. We are revisiting it. Um, it's hard for me to put into words exactly how I feel about it, but I'm going to try. I think that now, finally now, only now do you understand, right? I finally understand a piece of what you go through with the prequels and now the sequels. I think that from the outset, the idea of a Han Solo movie is a good one, right? Like it's something in theory that we would all want to see. Oh, yeah. I love Han as a character. Sure. But the execution of this movie, I'm not saying you couldn't make a good Han Solo movie ever. And I'm not even saying that this movie's particularly bad in any way. I guess as a as a Star Wars fan, for what I watch Star Wars for, I don't think I got it from this movie. And it has nothing to do with the Force, and it has nothing to do with that, you know, those elements of the saga that are so, you know, frequent in the saga films. Uh, I, I think it's just a, a lot of you're taking characters, right? Characters that we know, characters that we already know and love. You're showing them at a point in, our, in, in their lives that we are not familiar with, but you're trying to put your own stamp on it in a way that not maybe doesn't make you think about the characters differently, but it's it's sort of informing us on things that we, we had already kind of come to our own conclusions about. And that's a different, very different thing from The Last Jedi, because you... Yes, you come to your own conclusions about Luke and, and who he eventually becomes, and there's been many years after Richard and the Jedi for people to do that, but I don't have a problem with The Last Jedi reimagining that because that carries the story forward. Like, that is the new story that is going to continue as part of the canon, whereas this, while it is also part of the canon, it's taking the story back. It's the, the classic conundrum with a prequel film right i mean and that is also a big part of why you didn't like the prequels is that it showed you a bunch of things with the characters that you already knew that in theory you you didn't really need to know right right uh that's kind of how i feel about this movie i feel like they they showed us it was almost a paint by numbers right of of all of these elements of han solo and lando and chewy that we already knew happened but then now you're just showing us them and it's like well i but I already knew that happened. Well, and, and in some of the cases, and this is my big problem with Solo, is you're taking these iconic moments and you're almost changing them 
to defy fan expectations or explain away and justify things that I don't give a shit about in a way that actually hampers the story that we all know and love that started it all. Like, I can understand why somebody who grew up, their first introduction to Star Wars was the prequels. How they would love those movies and be upset when the rest of us shit on them because they're the prequels. Sure, but but that's their Star Wars. That's now, their right? Star Wars, right? I'm I'm looking at it, and and in all honesty, I was very young when uh, A New Hope came out. Right, you were three. Right. So uh, while that was my first Star Wars movie that I ever saw, um, I was actually able to understand better what was going on when empire came out. Sure. Um, so it, and that may be one of the reasons that's my favorite movie aside from the fact that it's, you know, the best. Right. Um, but these like solo, for example, and I'll just start at the beginning. Cause that's what we do with these things. Uh, Han Solo's a scrum rat on Corellia. Okay. By choice. That is something we got to correct. Right. Because originally when we talked about this film, we both made the assumption that he was an orphan. But it appears through a context of like cast interviews and filmmaker interviews. And actually and, reading and the opening crawl. Actually reading it the says opening crawl. He's a runaway. That's true. He, he is not an orphan. He chose to leave his family to become a scrum rat, which sounds dumb to me, but... That's what he wanted. It, it leads into my theory that his father was abusive. Oh, that could be too. That maybe that was better than what he right was living through. Um, but so he's a scrum rat. Okay, I get that. We meet Kira. Okay, fine. Um, he tries to rip people off. Han's a scoundrel. I'm there. Uh, my first big objection to this movie is when they give him the surname Solo. Oh, right. That was terribly handled. Very right. clumsy. Fuck you. <laughs> that's, that's the first time you're, in my opinion, shitting on the character in history. I didn't like that. Okay. I'm, I agree. I, I thought it was very clumsily handled. I, I was fine with the idea that Solo was his last name. It didn't yeah. have to be some concocted... Well, and, and now from, you're, you're and telling from an me, imperial officer of all people, right? Well, what if that imperial officer had just thought "lonely" was the best description for him? He could have been Han Lonely. Han Lonely. He could have been Han Party of One. You know what I mean? How many how many synonyms for Solo? If if that imperial officer had a thesaurus, we could be screwed. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It, Han all by himself. It's a hyphenated last name. Han alone. Right, right. It was. It will be Han a lone. Then. Oh, Han lone. <laughs> lone star. Lone star. Now, I, and this may come across as me. I just want to say me being a little hypocritical, but I, I, I guess I feel like it's it is different. And we were talking a little bit about this off mic before we started. To me, it is different because, again, you're establishing new things versus trying to add context to old things. Those are two very different concepts. But the, I guess the other thing, I am, especially in the prequel films, I'm more willing to forgive those sort of things as a, as a fan of films, 
and watching something that is being executed on film, I'm willing to forgive the mistakes in theory of the prequels and the sequels, even though I don't think the sequels have made that many, but I'm willing to forgive them because they are part of the saga films. They're the Skywalker saga. They tell the story that drives all of this forward. That is all it's, it's the bread and butter of what we know. It's the mythology of, of our lives almost See, in, the, I'm, in the same way that the Greeks had their gods. I'm not saying that I star Wars is my religion, but in a way it has informed me. Hokey religions. <laughs> yes. Hokey religions and ancient weapons. It's given me context on things in my life. Right. I mean, that's what fiction does. And in the same way that superheroes, a lot of people say superheroes are our modern mythology. And to me, star Wars is a big part of my modern mythology. So, the saga films, I'm willing to forgive a lot of their um, shortcomings. And this film, because it is not a saga film, like part of episode one, two, three, you know, that sort of thing. I think even though it is canon and I, and I am accepting it, the, the shortcomings from the filmmaking perspective, I am more critical of. See, Which I, I admit is, is a little bit problematic, but I don't care. That's how I feel about it. See, I'm at this stage in the game. I am not willing to overlook ridiculously. Uh, I don't want to say I, I'm not willing to overlook mistakes because you can now afford to get the creme de la creme of filmmakers, producers, writers, right? Uh, you know, production staff, directors, and don't get me wrong, you have. I was going to say, that's you sort have. of what they've done, but right? You shouldn't f- be fucking things up when you've got the best of the best. And it makes it all that I am much less forgiving when I'm reading about or uh, watching something that is produced by people who should know better. Sure. Um, like you might've thought it was clever to have solo be the last name given to him by the Imperial officer. Cause he was alone, but we know his dad's alive. So why didn't he want to use his real surname? What was the purpose? You've, you've asked more questions than you've answered by trying to be clever now, don't in a way wrong. that doesn't, that does nothing to move the story forward. You know what I mean? Yeah. So all you all you accomplished was piss me off. I think that can I think that as a plot element though, that can be explained. And that's another thing about this film that may seem strange coming from me. It's not the content of the film per se that I have an issue with from a storytelling perspective. I feel like as a story, the film is relatively well told. It has, you know, a beginning, middle, end, everything connects together. Uh, everything flows pretty well. Uh, I really can't criticize it from that standpoint. Even even the stuff like that, like the solo stupid last name thing, I think it's stupid because I I just thought it was clumsy in in a way from a like a, a, a giving the last name to this character that we've known for forty years. That's what you did, really. That's what you did. Well, but but it, but to me, it's like oh maybe. Maybe he doesn't feel like he deserves that name in some way. Maybe he feels like he wanted to reject that name. That's why he ran away. Or 
Maybe if he gives his real last name to that officer, the officer would be able to look him up and find out, oh, he doesn't have an ID chip while he's going back behind the fence. Let's move forward with it then, though, because you have to understand that that's the surname he uses moving forward in the story. Right. So, and part of this is because I'm old. And so I know that in Legends canon, in Legends, oh sure, it's not canon, but Solo is a name of Corellian royalty, and Han is supposedly oh, descended from well, Corellian royalty. Well, that is clearly not the case anymore. Right, but but now you're you're telling me that this Imperial officer then gives him this last name, which Leia Organa takes when they get married. Their kids have uh, no. He she doesn't take it. She's Leia Organa Solo. Is she? Because I, as far as I've known, she never becomes Leia Organa Solo. She's always just Leia Organa. Do they refer to her last name at all in the new movies? Because in, 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 the, in the legends, she was Leia Organa I, Solo. I know, but in, in the new movies, they, they constantly refer to her as General Organa. Do they? Yeah, she's not Solo. Hmm. Her son is... Ben Solo. Ben Solo, which is, yeah, again... Oh, he now has a last name that only one other person has, apparently. I don't know. In the universe, given to him by that one Imperial (laughs) officer who somehow survived the battle and is sitting at home going, I named that guy. That's right. I named him. Ben Solo. I remember Solo. Oh. Anyway, we're getting too caught up on that. Yeah. So anyway, that was my first objection. Um, The rest of that went fine. I think my next major objection... Well, is, be, before we talk about objections, I guess... Oh, well, I was just going through the movie as it happens. Oh, I, I didn't... I guess before we keep going, that we, in case you could tell, we didn't talk about this before. Um, yeah, <laughs> we, whatever. Before we keep going, let me ask you, upon your second viewing of this film, did you, you said your opinion of it changed. Like, are there broader... Like, are there specific ways in which it changed? Well, I, I actually like it better on my second viewing. Um, on my second viewing, I picked up a little bit more nuance in the Kira character. Oh, that's true. You definitely did. And so I don't think that it was the way I originally interpreted its portrayal the first time. Um, I think she's a much more self-serving character and that the decisions she makes, for example, at the end, I don't think she's betraying Han Solo so much as saving him from Darth Maul. Now it's a double purpose thing because... Oh yeah, she, she benefits. Sur- she benefits from it, but you're right. She could have done a lot of things differently, but she chose to leave him out of it and let him escape. Right, because genuinely, I think she is a bad person. Has become a bad person. Well, I think sure. she was to begin with. I, I think even when they were scrum rats together, Han was her way out. I think she was young and didn't couldn't differentiate between that attachment she felt to him as her perceived salvation and the only other person there her age with matching genitalia. I mean, that's going to kind of bring you together. Your your choice pool is a little low, <laughs> I, I suppose. Um, so I don't necessarily think she actually had the chance to give it much thought. When she finally gets out, she joins Crimson Dawn. She becomes much more worldly. She comes into her own and is finally the person. She finally has a chance to be the person she always was inside. Okay. Kind of like when when you're in high school, your dating pool is the high school. Right. For most people, the same thing here. Her dating pool was scrum rats. 
They're either aliens or much younger than her and Han. At least that we see on that camera. That we see, correct. So um, I, I don't think that she was this wholesome person. I think Han did remind her of the happy times, and she wants to keep Han pure because that's the last vestige of her humanity. Okay. But I think she willingly discarded her humanity, and that's one of the reasons that she saves Han to keep him pure and to be gone. You know, I, I so I think she's a much more complicated character than I originally thought, and I like that a lot. Okay. Is there anything else that changed from your first viewing? Um, I'm not entirely sure. I, I still love uh, Donald's performance as Lando. It was the highlight of the movie for me. Okay. Uh, I still think it's fabulous. Um, well, uh, let's yeah. let's go back to what you were going to say. So you you we were, we talked about the name thing, yeah, and what comes after that for you the, as an objection? Yeah, uh, the scene with Chewie. Oh, the my I pit still scene. think that was handled poorly. Yeah, starting with the stormtroopers uh, referring to him as the beast but not in a derisive insulting way. No, I I took it as insulting. The he he I think not- it was intended to be insulting, but there was no you have to do that with inflection when you're wearing a full face helmet cuz I can't see your smirk. So they say throw him to the beast with the same intonation that you would say throw someone to the rancor. Well, sure. But you to me that is derisive by nature because Chewbacca's not a beast. He's the he's a Wookiee. He's Chewbacca. Like they they don't see him as 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 the same at the I, same level as them as sentient beings. They well, see no, no, him they as do. a beast. They do see him as they know Wookiees are sentient. No, but they know they do. But they've enslaved them all. Then right, I understand that. Right, so they have adopted the idea that the Wookiees are not meant to be treated like normal sentient beings. They are lower beings I, to them. I'm I so by calling him the beast, by f- keeping him in a mud pit, by feeding him humans that they discard, they are that is a naturally more derisive situation. You can't deny that. I, I'm not. I'm what I'm saying is I, I I'm not disagreeing with anything that you've said, but their tone should have been mocking in some way. They they referred to throw him to the beast the same way you would throw somebody to a hungry lion. Okay. And lions are man-eater. You've made this sentient creature into a man-eater. But to them, he already was. To them, to the Imperials, he they don't understand Wookiees, and they just think that they, they are They do animals. understand Wookiees. In my opinion, they it, it seems that they don't. Well, but they should. It wasn't that long ago that Kashyyyk was a thriving planet that fought. I mean, we're talking, this is what, 10 years before the Battle of Yavin? When when was uh, Revenge of the Sith? How many years ago was that? It would have been 13 years ago from this point. Okay, so within the last two decades, Wookiees had an entire planet, a thriving hey, economy. I'm not disagreeing with you because you and I are logical people. But and I'm I'm I mean I feel like this is not getting too political. Um, there are people right now in this world that exist, humans that have the access to the same knowledge that you and I do, that are still still come to the conclusion that 
people of other skin tones are right. of lesser status. They're foolish and they think that the amount of pigment in your skin determines an entire race, which it doesn't. Right. Because there's like one sure. human. But they come they come to their own conclusions about people simply because of the color R- of their skin. I agree. But those imp- people that you're referencing would not use the... I know this sounds nuanced. It sounds like I'm nitpicking. But... When they, it, it should have been something like, you know, throw him to the beast, <laughs> you know, the beast, because you're using beast as a mocking term. You know, it's not a beast. It's a creature that you view as a beast. You're using the term beast as an insult. So you shouldn't be when we say throw him to the lion as a beast. A lion is a fucking killing machine. Right. So when you're talking about that. That is a killing machine. Throw them to the shark. Throw them to the crocodile. That This is a, an animal that will eat a human being. If I lock you in a pit and starve you so that you will kill and eat another human, I saying beast, yes, is insulting. Referring to him as a beast is insulting. But the tone that you use that word as an insult should not have the reverence. So you should be saying that word not in reference to a killing machine, but in reference to, <coughs> pardon me, something you've demeaned and dehumanized, because that's the word we have to use, even though we're not dealing with humans in this regard. Sure, sure. You've dehumanized that thing to the point where it's not like, uh, okay, and I, I'm trying not to be political here, but bear with me. Back in the day when our entire country was stupid. Right. And we thought it was okay to own people. Right. Which it is not. It is not. They used the word boy to refer to slaves. Okay. But they would say, boy, you know, it wasn't the way I, when I call my son and I say he's a boy or I say son, they should have used it with the right. You know when a cop pulls you over and he's like, come here, son. Now, this hasn't happened to me for years because I'm not It's never anymore. happened to me. Really? Yeah. Well, anybody who's listening knows that condescending, come here, son, tone a police officer uses okay. for a young man. You think that they should have used that. Right. I think there should have been more condescension and derision in their tone because, specifically because they are knowingly doing this to a species that has faster than like travel capability. Sure. But that's not... How does that impact your, that's a very small part of the overall plot point. So, well, I'm, I'm just, it, it's actually these little things that bother me because when they do that, okay, uh, we watched the deleted scene of that fight. Yeah. They, which, uh, the which I actually enjoyed. Cut, the quote unquote extended cut of that fight. Uh, which I actually enjoyed more than the actual fight. I did not. I thought it dragged. But I'm fine watching Han, uh, th- that as the way Han and Chewie meet. And for, for the record, so we can tell people who have not seen it. Um, they, the fight, I guess, as originally planned, um, they're fighting. The fight takes a little longer. They actually give Han a little more offense in that sec in, in the longer fight. And Han actually comes to the the idea of using the pole, of breaking the pole without Chewie's help. He tries to do it without Chewie being in on it. Right. First. He tries to trick Chewie into knocking the pole down. And it's only after Chewie shoves him in the mud and, and is going to drown him that he is forced to let 
chewy in on the plan and speak Sherwook. And and I like that better. Um, but the other thing is, Han is an Imperial soldier on this planet. He knows what's in that pit. Which actually just dawned on me right this second. Ah, I don't know if he does, though. And that's another thing that would have been part of the film if um, Lawrence Kasdan and his son oh, John... Oh, because he just arrived. Right. If, if Lawrence Kasdan and his son John had had their way, and this is according to John's Twitter, where he, he put out a bunch of factoids about the movie, one of the other deleted scenes with the movie was a, a sequence where it's, it's short, but we see Han in his stint in the Imperial Academy, the actual flight academy, where he is discharged. Um, and he is sent directly to Mimban. But he which has is where to have we find been on Mimban for a while. I, I don't no, he's got a he's got that patch over his eye because he was seriously hurt. Oh, sure. And then the, and he doesn't have the patch then. by the time. So he has to have been on Mimban for a while because he's sent immediately to Mimban. But he may not know what the beast is. Okay. If if somebody tells you, oh, we've got a beast, it's like well, I'm going to assume it's a rancor because sure, that's what it should. You be. don't want to see a. You don't want to see it. You don't ever want to be in front of it. So why would you even question it? Well, because people stand on top of it and watch the beast eat people. That's the punishment. But Han doesn't, because he wouldn't want to. That we're aware of. That we're aware of. So what was your next point about the movie? Well, I think the rest. Everything goes okay. Then I think until we run into L three. I don't dislike L3 as a character because she brings up a lot of points that I've brought up about droids in Star Wars. Right. I'm just not entirely sure that they just, they handle droids so inconsistently that it just starts to bother me. And uh, when she dies and everybody freaks out because, or not everybody, Lando freaks out, she's not dying. Her memory is still well, there. Let let me point this out. In the situation that they are currently in, which is a very stressful one, I think that it could all just it could almost just be more of a comfort thing as well. Like now he doesn't have his first mate. And they make it pretty clear that the idea of putting her brain into the Falcon is is only a theoretical one. They don't even know if that would work. So Lando doesn't come to that as an immediate thing that he would want to do. Well, he probably doesn't want to do it because ultimately that's how Han steals his best friend. Right. Um, because Lando's kind of a dick. Or not Lando, Han. Han, Han is a dick. Han's a real dick. Yeah. Um, but Lando says he can fix her. He says he would have wiped her memory, but she's got the best navigational... He says navigational processor... Which, you know, obviously I'm, I'm assuming he meant to say maps and charts and No, data? That, that's what he said. He said she's got the best navigational database in database. the galaxy. Okay. That's what he says. So we want to keep that database. I get that. Um, but so obviously memories can be manipulated in a certain way. Um, and as we've talked about before, we know you can put the head on one droid and it functions just fine. Yeah. And... And we know that when the power goes out, obviously her data is not lost because she still has her data to put into the Falcon. Right. But, um, yeah, so that that is just portrayed in a really strange way. And we also hear again during the droid fight scene, we hear somebody say the words, uh, we hear L3 say they don't even serve our kind here. 
I need to know what the hell droids are consuming that you serve them. <laughs> I know, right? Because that's the second time they brought that up, at least. Like an oil bath? I, I don't know. Well, then it's just not on the menu. We just don't have oil on the menu. <laughs> I mean, I, I can understand her taking issue with the droid fighting ring. But the idea, oh, that droids don't serve. They don't even serve our kind. What, At what least those eat? droids in the fighting ring weren't screaming, so somebody didn't program them to feel pain. Well, they were still feeling pain, but they well, just weren't you screaming. Would assume. Maybe they just didn't have modulators to scream. Right, their speakers were removed. That could be. But yeah, so anyway, that the droids and the droids in Star Wars are always going to be an issue for me. Right. Because they're not handled the same way as they are in other sci fi. Because Star Wars is not sci fi. No, Star Wars is science fantasy. Um, But the droids are both sentient and not. Right. They both feel and don't. There are some species that have seats in the Galactic Senate that are arguably less capable than some droids (laughs) would see. That's possible. That's possible. And maybe, well, no, Star Wars will never. I don't think you'll ever see like. Oh, and now the droids are being considered humans. Like that, I, you I don't might know. Might have if the Separatists had won. Oh, come General on, General Grievous. Man. Come on, Ben. General Grievous was the means to an end. They never respected him in any way. I did, and that's what matters. Okay. okay. Um, we did see some things that I thought were interesting nods, like we learned, and I think I mentioned this the first time we talked about this movie. Um. We learn that Lando is not wearing Han's clothes at the end of Empire. That Han is actually Han has wearing, been wearing Lando's, Lando's clothes the whole time. Which apparently he fits into really well, even though they're different dimensions. Which suits them well, because it's obvious that Lando wanted to get in Han's pants. So it's <laughs> it's nice to see that Han got into Lando's just fine. <laughs> at some point. <laughs> uh, I, I guess, is there anything else about the movie that really bugged you? Or can we talk about the things that we we quote unquote liked uh, the, the <laughs> last thing that bugged me is they really made a point of making Han a good heroic character. I know. I know. And, and unless they do something to bring Han away from that in subsequent solo stories, I'm going to have an issue with it. And now that leads me to maybe my biggest problem with the movie. <clears throat> and it isn't something It is something, rather, that bugs me about other franchises, so I can't be hypocritical about it. You remember the Green Lantern movie, right? I, I, after years of therapy, (laughs) I have learned not to. But you remember that one with with Ryan Reynolds? Unfortunately. So at the end of that movie, now famously, they show Sinestro, the signature villain of the Green Lantern, who he did. They, they got that part right. He he was a Green Lantern himself. Yep. That then becomes a Yellow Lantern. That then he, is, he becomes the, uh, the siphon of fear, so to speak. Uh, but they show it at the very end. It's like a... I, I don't know if it's post-credits or not. They're but teasing it, the sequel. Yes. Teasing a sequel that never came because the movie was shit. Oh, and, it didn't, and it didn't make terrible. any money. Right. But I'm glad that movie was made because it was one of the best jokes in Deadpool. Yeah, I suppose. Don't give me a super suit. Don't make it CGI. <laughs> and don't make it green. I never I never watched Deadpool, so I, what? I wouldn't know. Yeah, I never saw it. Oh. Or Deadpool 2. I'm, I'm not a fan. 
I'm not a fan of the characters, so I, I had no reason to see the movie. But a- anyway, I that's an example of a movie that the the filmmakers are going into it saying, well, we're going to make another one, right? So let's throw this in there for another movie. And it's like, there is no guarantee of another movie unless it's Star Wars episode seven, eight, nine, right? Like those are the ones. And up until this point, I guess you could have assumed that a Star Wars movie was going to do well enough to, to warrant a sequel. But for some reason, this one did not. Now, it's not for some reason, it's for many specific reasons that we've gone through before, so I won't do it again, but, yeah. I, I, I mean, you know what I mean. They, they are not going to be able to make another one of these movies, which is problematic, because you told part of a story. It was not, to me, the story was well told, but it's not a strong enough story to stand completely on its own and be, and be a good one. Right. That's my this biggest problem. This is definitely the beginning of a story. It's the beginning of this solo saga that they were going to try and make that now they may never get around to making. Now, I was also talking with you about this. Did I? Yes, I, I did not say this on mic yet. Um, the plot points of this movie, the plot of this movie, seems to me that it would have been better served as a comic book or a book or it probably would have been more well-received as a comic book or a book because the hardcore of the hardcore that wanted to know the details of this would have, would have gone or would have bought it. And they would have been like, yes, I love, I love Han. I love Lando. This could have been a great TV show for a TV show for their launch of the Disney streaming right? or a TV show. But instead we got a major blockbuster film that the plot was built to have more blockbuster films and that for me is is a problem because it leaves plot threads hanging. What makes the original Star Wars, what makes Star Wars a New Hope awesome is that it does completely stand on its own. Right. It it could have been just as it was released, Star Wars. Right. And if there had never been another one, then I think people the 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 small the number of fans of the movie which obviously grew to be exponentially larger than George had even anticipated. But the people who loved that movie would have been able to cherish that movie and would have been, I suppose, probably just fine keeping it as that movie. That's the strength of the movie. Now, Empire is not exactly the same way and Return of the Jedi is not the same way. But by by that time, Star Wars had become something that we knew was going to have another one. Right. We knew there would be more. Here. Well, and, and honestly, as we've mentioned before, Empire, though it's the best of the Star Wars, best of the original trilogy... Um, what did the worst in the box office? That's true. It did, but, but they were going to have more, right? They They were going to make more because by that time, you know, George had the money that he was making the story, whether we wanted it or not. Right. But we live in a different culture, a different climate now. Right. And the idea of a, of a movie not doing super well, especially for Disney, who, who has invested a lot of money into this property, they, they can't take a risk like this again. And I, I, it's unfortunate because I feel like now this will lead to them not taking as many risks that I want to see. Uh, if they had made this movie with original characters, it might have even done be- right, better. It probably or, would have done better. Right. Because we wouldn't have been like, Han Solo, oh, it's his origin story or whatever. But instead, I, I, I mentioned this to you, it's like reverse Marvel filmmaking. 
which is the problem with Disney taking over the property and, and sort of engineering it in this way. They're like, oh, well, we already have the quote unquote team up movie with Lu- Leia and Luke and Han. And they're like the three main heroes, but we don't know much about Han. So let's give him his own movie in theory. That idea works in execution. I don't think it worked very well. Well, and, and the thing is, and, and I think they have to remember this. They should know this. The Star Wars universe is vast. There's a lot of people we don't know about we've never heard of before. And we are, we are getting there. Well, We're but, getting to the point where we are going to start exploring those things. But we should, that's what they should have done with this movie. They should have just given us a character, a side character that, okay, if you need to tie it to the original film, fine. Have somebody who's got a cameo. Um, you know, that's do, do Porkin's story. <laughs> no, no. This would have been a great Porkins film. <laughs> I'm just Jack saying Porkins. Right. And I would, I would have consumed Porkins. So, somebody material. give me a bucket of chicken. <laughs> I'm the fat man. Can you tell? My name is Porkins. How did he get to be the fat man though? That's what I want to he know. He starts off slim and slender and right. becomes what we see him. In a new help. Exactly. I, I wouldn't have wanted to see that. I'm sorry. But I, I just mean, there's a lot of characters that you can tell stories about. Or just make your own. Well, and, but- and eventually we're going to get there. But that is also the problem of this current era of Star Wars is where we're not quite there yet. They're not ready to pull the plug on these original characters. They're not ready, but we're ready. I think we are ready. Um, my dad, who got me into Star Wars 20 two years ago, 23 years ago, however long ago it was now. My dad, he's watched every Star Wars film. In fact, he watched every other Star Wars film in the theater. So this was the first one that he had no interest in seeing in the theater. And when when I tried, I was like, hey, do you want to watch it? And he was like, he was actually hesitant about the fact that he even, maybe did he even want to watch it? He wasn't totally sure, but he eventually, he did agree to it. I put it on. And we didn't even, I think we got to the Han and Lando at the Sabacc table, the first one. He was having none of it. He was openly mocking the movie, like out loud, about different things. Like, oh, this is dumb, this is stupid. For reasons that I didn't agree with. But he, by the end of it, just said, well, uh, or well, not by the end of it. He, at that point, he said, this is not the movie I wanted to see. And I'm like, okay, well, then we don't have to watch it. And he said, okay. And so I stopped it. He couldn't get through it because as a fan of the, of the Star Wars films up to this point, granted, he sees the films much differently than you or I do. He doesn't look into them as, as deeply as we do. But it just wasn't of interest to him. And I feel like that effect could, is probably seen in the box office in a way. Um, well, definitively it was definitively, definitively it was right. But I think it, it could also be a speaking point to the larger issues of the film, at least the, the issues I have with them from a, like I said before, from a storytelling perspective, I think the, I think the story is fine. Um, I like the performances. I think that Alden Ehrenreich was given a real anchor, you know, like, like of a, a, a hell of a weight on his shoulders of like, well, this is it. You gotta be Han Solo. And in my opinion, he was. He was Han Solo at this point in his life, and he had tendencies and everything of, of the Han Solo we see later on. Um, he was quick-witted. He was uh, cocky. He was good under pressure. 
uh, and sometimes not good under pressure, like Han usually is. Right. He was a little bit of a goofball. And that's what Han Solo's supposed to be. So I thought it worked really well. I thought Amelia Clark as Kira, and I thought the Kira character was also executed really well. I agree. For for somebody who, from the outset, I will admit, I thought, well, what's the what's even the point? Who's this person supposed to be? Oh, it's one of Han's past flings or romances. How is this going to go? I thought it went pretty well. Even the stuff with Darth Maul, while it seems a little shoehorned in, it does add to the Maul character and gives him something to do in the meantime between when he loses Mandalore and when we see him in Rebels. So it Well, and it, it also gives a an ominous threat to the movie that as much as I love the Dryden Voss character, he was not. He was not. That's the other thing. Dryden Voss, Paul Bettany was great. Yeah, he I, always is. Up, upon another viewing of the film, he was awesome. His performance was great. You can't complain about it, but what he was, and, and even what he was given to work with, I think if it was anybody else, it probably would have fallen really flat. Yes. I, I think I think Dryden Voss was not a good character, but what he was given, he executed superbly. Right. The, the flip-flopping of the moods. You know what I mean? Those mood swings of like, he can come across as the nicest guy in the world, the most personable guy who wants to just, oh, Make yourself at home, have a good time, it's a party, and then on the flip of a switch, he can just be like a cutthroat killer. He, he, he's ready to take you out. Like, that all came across very well to me. Yep. But, as an overall threat, and I guess he, he doesn't make it out of the movie alive, so you're not really supposed to take him that way, but he... He doesn't come across as a, a major threat to me, even with the threat of them, oh, we're going to kill you if you don't do this. It's like, but I know that Han Solo just, makes it out of this. I was just going to say, that's part of the problem with movies, any kind of prequel. Um, you already know. With the know. exception of Rogue One. So any kind of prequel where the character who stars in this movie appears in a later movie. But that's the thing, right? You Rogue, know they're going to live. Rogue One is a prequel, but it's centered around characters that are not established. So we, well, we knew they were going to die so, because they well, weren't in the later movies. Or they were going to maybe not die, but be imprisoned or escape to live a life somewhere else. Who knows? Right, Something but, could have happened, but I, I see your point. And I guess that goes on to further cement. Our point is that they could have made this movie with original characters and it probably would have been better. Cause Rogue One did better. Right. And we wouldn't have had the expectations of it, of having a Han Solo movie. My, my dad's opinion of it being the movie. He not, you know, the movie he didn't want to see, I guess I didn't ask him whether, you know, what kind of movie he would have wanted to see, but that would have, this was not it. But I, I just don't think we wanted a Han Solo origin story as much as we would have enjoyed a young Han story. That makes sense, yeah. Like, we didn't need this... We didn't need to see how he won the Millennium Falcon. Like, they shoehorned, then, they shoehorned that in at the very end of the movie. It was like, oh, and by the way, he won the ship. And But here's the thing, though, that this movie does that I, I do want to know now. And you brought this up numerous times off mic. How in the fuck are Lan and Hondo friends? Han, Han and Lando. Han and Lando. Han. 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 It's good to see you, Han. How are they friends? Because there's no reason for them to be with, friends right with now. With one exception, and that is that Han ran out to help him save L3. He did. 
Every other thing Han does in this movie is to fuck, it fucks Lando. Not intentionally, but fucks Lando. Right. And every other thing Lando does in this movie fucks Han. Right. And then by the end of it, we're supposed to believe that they're best friends. Again, a problem with making a movie that is supposed to lead into another movie. Right. You leave all of these things un- untied. And uh, maybe they will fill in those gaps, but for now, we're left with an incomplete story that will will not have a completion. And I guess, that, again, that's... It might. You think it, you think it might? I think so. In what fashion? Uh, maybe a TV show. Maybe they'll give them their own miniseries on the stream. I think platform. they'll ultimately do another solo movie. How far down the line? A couple of years, year or two. Hmm. I don't know if I can. I think they will agree with that. I feel like maybe I wouldn't say a year or two. Maybe five years. I don't think they're going to go too far down the line because the actors that they had did really well and I don't think you can recast it so you can't let them age too much. But at the same time, you could. If you let them age five years, then that's realistic to, if you wanted to tell the story five years down the line, uh, I guess two or three years down the line, you could do that. It's the same thing they did with the with the original trilogy actors in the new the sequel trilogy, right? Oh, well, Harrison Ford is 70 now, so we have to set the movie really far, really down. far down the line. I... There's just a lot of that stuff that bugs me. Uh, I know I sound like a weird schizophrenic flip-flopper on this movie. There are parts of the movie that I like. It looks like Star Wars. It sounds like Star Wars. But it's played in such a way where I know, like in the back of my mind, I know that they are doing it because they know that I like it, right? They're doing it because they know that I want it. Oh, we're going to play the asteroid belt theme like you know that the the same song that we played in empire you know the same score for the asteroid uh asteroid field chase we're gonna play that while the falcon's being chased through the maelstrom because that'll call back to it right and, and it's as, like uh as soon as han jumps in the seat of the falcon for the for, and he's gonna flip the switches just you like hear we the rebel theme it. right we hear the rebel theme because we that does it you know right it, it it stirs up those feelings of nostalgia in us but to me the movie should be about telling a cool story not showing us stuff that we in theory want to and they're, see they're really that's i think what this movie suffers from the most is trying to shoehorn in as many iconic han solo moments as possible like we didn't need to see han make the castle run in 12 parsecs you don't need to justify that shit i don't we've talked about it We've joked about it. We've laughed about it. We've criticized it. I don't need you to justify it on screen. I don't need to fucking see it. But it was cool. What they did was cool. It was cool, but it didn't need to be the Kessel run. Sure. You know what I mean? You didn't need to have unrefined coaxium beneath the spice mines on Kessel. Right. We didn't need to check off that box. Right. We didn't need to check off Han winning the Falcon during a Sabacc game. We didn't need, now I wanted to see Lando. Right. I think everybody would have, you know, uh, and I think Donald Glover did a fabulous job as Lando. Right. I think he did phenomenal. Um, but there are so many things they checked off so many boxes they were checking that we just didn't need. You could have done a better story. There were 
10 years between when you started this story and when a new hope starts, you could have picked any time during those 10 years to tell us a story about Han Solo. It didn't need to be this one. I guess ultimately, now that we're having this conversation, ultimately this could be what bugs me the most about the movie. This might be the, this is the first Star Wars movie to me that feels like a cash grab. It feels like it was something that was manufactured simply for the, the idea of we're giving people what they want, right? Let's give them a Han Solo movie and put all this cool stuff in it and put the Millennium Falcon before it had the, has an escape pod. So you got to get a new t-shirt because it's right. got to have the Millennium Falcon complete on it, not the one that we know. And it's like, but at the same time, all that stuff doesn't matter to me. It doesn't carry the same weight. So all of the solo merchandise, I haven't bought any of it. Well, plus that's not where the escape pod is in the Millennium Falcon. We know it because they put out blueprints of it. Sure. <laughs> I mean, that's one of them, right? The That uh, uh, allegedly, apparently Well, now, supposedly it is now, but it never was. Never was. Right. We never thought of it before. They never replaced it. So it obviously wasn't that important to Han. Right. So obviously that escape pod existed solely so that I had to buy a new Millennium Falcon Lego set. Lego set, toy, right. t-shirt. That is, that is a merchandising ploy. But I never bought any of that stuff because I don't have the emotional attachment to it that I do the other stuff. Right. It's like if you have a Millennium Falcon Lego set from the Falcon that we've known for 40 years. Which is a better Lego set for the record. It is. Why would you need the new one? The answer is you wouldn't. Unless you were really, really a completionist. So that is probably my biggest issue with the movie. It's not that the, the performers did a bad job. It's not even that the Kasdans, that Lawrence Kasdan and his son did a bad idea of coming up, did, did a bad job of coming up with an idea for the story. There are just a lot of things that feel like a cash grab. And I, I feel like for the first time, Star Wars is failing me in that regard because the Clone Wars animated series never felt like a cash grab to me. Maybe at first, maybe like the first season, but going forward, it told meaningful stories that related to the characters that were involved that gave us more context for, for the prequel films. It made the prequel films better. Right. Well, Rebels. It would be hard to make them worse. Right. <laughs> Rebels did the same thing, except Rebels took original characters and put them into the world. They interacted with the characters we knew and loved, but not in such a way that it was unbelievable or inconceivable or uh, unrealistic. You know, it felt authentic to me. This movie doesn't feel authentic. Well, and, and Star Wars does have a long tradition of adding the cash grab into movies. Uh, I mean, Ewoks. Oh, sure, I guess. Well, because they were originally supposed to be Wookiees. But that's a new plot point. That's a new species that, again, I guess it's applied differently. Well, the but technique they, is applied differently. I see what yeah, you mean. But they changed it specifically so they could sell toys to kids. Sure. Um, same thing with Jar Jar Binks. He exists for kids, not for me. Right. Um, so the problem here is the entire movie is that. Yes. It's not an element of the movie. It is the movie. It is the movie. And they or at did, least it feels that way. They got my cash for the, the two showings in the theater 
and the the 4K Ultra HD steelbook that I bought of the movie from Best Buy because they fucking hooked me with those fucking steelbooks. I'm so upset about that because <laughs> now I, I'm one of those people. They I I like to have consistency on the shelf, right? I have Force Awakens in the steelbook, and that was my mistake. Never should have done it. No, but I, now you I gotta have, get them all right. I had Force Awakens, and then I had the Last Jedi, or no, and then I had Rogue One, and then I bought the Last Jedi, and so now it's like, well, you can't buy the normal Solo. You gotta get the steelbook Solo, hey. and now Ben, you're you're gonna laugh at this one. I, I am, I made the mistake of buying Revenge of the Sith in the Steelbook. Okay. And the reason why is because it was five dollars. Well, you can't go wrong at a local man. at one of my local uh, game stores. Yeah, because they take DVDs and Blu-rays as well, and that was one of them. It was five dollars. I I was able to look at the case. See that it was in great condition. Look at the movie. See that it didn't have a scratch on it. And even though it it is literally the same Blu-ray, like the label on the front is the same as, <laughs> as the one that's in the Saga edition, like the complete Saga set that I bought back in 2011, I still bought it. Because it's a steel because case. Because it's the Steelbook case. And now... You got to buy other the I other think ones. I have to buy the other ones. And now I feel so upset because I... I'm now going to buy, for the first time ever, I'm going to buy the Star Wars movies again on the same format. Don't feel bad. I have, uh, there's an anime that I really enjoy. So I bought it as it came out. Sure. Three discs. Then, after they released all three, then they released another set that had a steel card in them with art from the characters on. So I bought them again so I could get the steel car. <laughs> and then I bought them again because they sold a set with the dog tags, and it was the only way to get them. And then I bought it in Steelbook. Oh my so I've goodness. actually bought this same series like six times. Okay. So don't feel bad. I guess I don't feel too bad. Were they all in the same format? Oh, yeah. They're all DVDs. Oh, my Straight God. Straight up DVDs. Yeah. yeah. That is really bad. <laughs> I guess I can't feel that bad. But I still feel bad. So they got my cash that time, but they didn't get my cash on any of the other stuff. I did I, when I looked at the solo merchandise. It wasn't like the Last Jedi merchandise, where it's or, or the Force Awakens merchandise, where it's like these are brand new characters and these are older versions of the characters, and these are. I, I felt compelled to buy that stuff because it felt like it was part of the story to me. This stuff, I was like, yeah, it's young Han, but I don't need a young Han. Because he doesn't look all that different from older Han, right? I, I don't need Millennium Falcon 1.0 because I know the Millennium Falcon 2.0 way better than I know the Millennium Falcon 1.0. It's got a much better silhouette anyway. Correct. So why would I want a t-shirt with the new Millennium Falcon on it? Everyone's going to look at that and be like, you're an idiot. Why don't you have a real Millennium Falcon on <laughs> Right, it? right. That's, so we even cash joked grab, about it when we were watching the movie this last time. And Han's like, I got to eject the escape pod. And Lando's like, no, don't eject my escape pod. And Zach goes, oh, time to eject the move, the thing so that the ship looks like it's supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> or something to that effect. Because that's the whole reason that scene existed. Exactly. So the cash grab only worked to a certain degree on me. And it seems that the cash grab has not worked very well in the in the long run, in the grand scheme. Which, which is sad because... 
traditionally that's where Star Wars makes its money. It's the is merchandise. merchandise. Right. I don't know if you know this, but uh, when uh, Spaceballs the movie came out, uh, they were allowed to use all these things in parody Star Wars under one condition. They did not produce any Spaceballs merchandise. Oh, sure. So that's why it's a joke in, when they go to... When they go to yogurt's, yogurt's uh, uh, hideaway, yeah. he's got the big thing of merch that you will never be on the shelf, the yep. quest for more money. Spaceballs the t-shirt, Spaceballs right. the lunchbox, Spaceballs the breakfast cereal, Spaceballs the flamethrower. Because that was George's one condition for them using Star Wars-like stuff. Well, he didn't want it confusing people on the shelf, probably. Right. He, well, and he didn't want to have people buying space balls to fight with his Star Wars guys. We right. need you to buy actual stormtroopers. That's where I make my money. <laughs> right. And now Disney is there. They understand that they make the money off the merch or that George did. Uh, Disney's used to making money off the film and now they're trying to do both and it's not they're they're not executing either side well. It will be interesting to see how it does in retail sales. It's been out for less than a month as of this recording. But for for all of this year to this point, um the last Jedi on Blu-ray has been the the highest selling home release really? of anything that's been out by like a long shot. It's made like over I think they've sold over a I think they've made over a billion dollars on the home retail alone. I'm probably wrong about that, but I, I we we could look a we we could look that up. But it's like we could, but yeah. internationally and everything altogether, the home release of that movie has made a lot of money. I would be I'd be surprised if the home release of this movie makes a lot of money, but it could. There could have been a legion of people that like we didn't want to pay to go see it in the theater, but we'll buy it at home, right? I ultimately will probably be one of them. Yeah. So we'll we'll find out how it ultimately pans out. But to me, overall, this movie should be a cautionary tale of, did it have some good stuff? Yeah. But the good stuff is going to be overshadowed by the overall taste that it left in my mouth, which is um, non-authenticity. You, you've come a long way from the guy who said we should have gone just because... It was Star Wars. I did go, though. I did I go know, just because. And I will continue to go just because. <laughs> but after I see it, I am allowed to, to criticize it I, in whatever I fashion. agree. I think you should. Um, I, I think that's the only way things get better and, and improve is if we look at them with an honest eye. And I think that they'll take that into account. Um Again, I hope they do. I really, really do. I, I don't. I think that the reports that the standalones have been put on "quote unquote" hold. I don't. I don't think that that's for real. But at the same time, maybe maybe there's a little bit of truth to it. Though I think most of it is probably because they're just trying to focus on getting nine right. Because there were a lot of people that thought that eight was wrong, which I I'm not one of them. But it but seems, I am. Yes. It seems like there's there is a portion of the fan base that does believe that they were going down the wrong direction. So maybe okay, we've got JJ back. We were bringing Carrie in on archival footage. You know, we're we're trying to get people back on our side. And this movie was not a part of that effort because it couldn't have been. It was in production at the same time. Right. So it's like they just had to finish it and get it out there. But now that it's out there, and now that they've 
they've had all of this quiet time, so to speak, right? We've got the new Star Wars show on, Resistance, did debut on Disney, Disney Channel. And I think that all of them are going to debut on Disney Channel, which is a really good thing, because Disney XD being the only premiere spot for episodes, that, that's a mistake to me. you got to put it on the big one, um, if you're going to put it on anything. But I haven't had a chance to watch that show yet. I know. Isn't that crazy? It is. I have not had a chance to watch that show yet, but I, I'm going to make a point of it to do it before our next recording, before our next, uh, before the convention, because I do want to have some context. I do want to kind of see where they're going with it. Um, but that's the only major project in the fire right now, in theory, with the exception of nine. That we're aware of. And The Mandalorian, the TV show that they're doing next year on their streaming service with John Favreau at the helm. They have released an image of that, uh, a dude in... Pretty generic-looking Mandalorian, Mandalorian armor. Um, that will also be... I hope that they take those iconic images, they take that the things that stir up the emotion in us and apply them in a way that is authentic and not a cash grab. Right, because you can do it. They've done it before. And they can do it again. And hopefully this is one of those times. I agree. Well, I think that that's going to wrap it up. Uh, we will see you at New Game of New Game of Palooza, uh, 2018 in Oshkosh. That's October 27th and 28th that we'll be there. Well, right, the 26th is when the convention starts, but we're not going to be there because there's no vendors that day. Right, that is a a patron only day to just get your appetite wet for some gaming. It's down at the UW Oshkosh campus. I think it's in the Alumni Center this year. Correct. It's their first year in the Alumni Center, so it's going to be a much bigger showroom, which uh, when we had uh, when we were talking about it last year, um, when we spoke with Josh Harris about the convention last year, he had mentioned to us that they were most likely going to be in the Alumni Center for the next year, and uh, that, that has come to fruition. So it'll be a new and improved new game of Palooza, and we hope to see you there. Uh, we're also going to be doing the drawing for the Mandalorian art. At that time. At that time. So um, make sure that that means you've got one week from this airing, right? Two weeks. Well, you got roughly two weeks. We're going to draw it on the 28th, October 28th. So you've got about two weeks time to get your submission in to be a part of the contest. All right. So make sure you send us. An email, newjediarchives at gmail.com. There we go. Uh, on our Facebook page. Um, on the street. You can accost us if you recognize us. Right. You can accost us on the street. Uh, questions, comments. At the convention, we're going to be taking entries there, too. Yep. If so. you stop and visit us at our table, um, like I said, all you got to do is reach out to us in some way. And we will make you a part of the contest. That's all it takes. And it's a nice, it's a five-piece uh, hanging art. It's unframed at the moment, but uh, and it will be coming to you unframed. <laughs> uh, but it, it's uh, five canvases that come together. It's kind of a kick-ass picture of Boba Fett. That if you like Boba Fett. Which we do not. I do not. I do not. <laughs> but you do. Probably. You, the listener. Ben, may the force be with you. And also with you,
This has been a Galactic Network podcast. For more, go to GNCast.com. That's G-N-C-A-S-T-S dot com.